Hello, everyone. It's Kennedy with the Keeping Up With Kennedy podcast, the show where I live my life at warp speed and see if you have what it takes to follow along. Throughout our journey together, we'll learn what it really means to dream without fear and live without limits. So sit down, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This week, our beloved guest, Heather from PT, is also back, and she is better than ever this week. She left us off right when she joined the military in our last episode, so now we're going to find out what happened after that. So yeah, I joined the military, and that was the time of my life. I loved it. I got out in 2015, and I actually got married in 2014, and it was not my best decision in life. I think I was 24 at the time and I thought I was in love and I thought that you know whatever whatever people think when they get married and so I actually had orders to go to a different post and like so we decided to get married to try to be together right Right, okay and I think a lot of times in the military you'll find that is that people feel forced to rush into marriages because otherwise you're not going to be able to even give it a chance so it's like I wanted to give it that chance So we got married, and then I got out of the military, which took forever. I mean, the whole process of me getting out took like a year. So we had gotten married, and then it wasn't until a year and some change later that we actually moved in together. Oh, man. And that's what brought me to Kansas. Here we go, Kansas. Here we come. Well, we tried to stay on for size. (laughs) It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Okay. I think their motto is Kansas. It's not that bad. Okay, I like that motto. Maybe I'll go there sometime. And it's the most accurate, right? Right. I actually think that's kind of funny. I think the makers of Kansas did a good job with the slogan there. Yeah, or they call it hashtag no coast, which I also can get <laughs> There I learned the difference between a rancher and a farmer, which apparently is a, a very hot topic. Oh, can you please enlighten the people on what the difference between a rancher and a farmer is? Well, a rancher has cattle. A farmer has you know farmlands that they live off of so okay like wheat some sort of staple crop that they would have but when you grow up in a small city like you don't freaking know what the difference is you're like mm, everybody's a farmer you want to farm so oh I, I see what you mean yeah yeah it's, it's a very serious topic so if you see like farmer bob out there but he's actually a rancher and you're like, hey, Farmer Bob, is he going to take offense? Is he like, I'm not a farmer. I am a rancher. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. It's harsh words. It's the land of big buckles and big boots and big hats. And I went to my first rodeo there. Wow. It was epic. Like, they put so these kids on, on these massive sheep, right? So they put the, they put the kids on the back of these sheep. And it's like, it's like bull riding for them. They have to, whoever stays on the sheep the longest gets the prize but let me tell you these are some big sheep and they take off and these freaking kids get trampled like legs everywhere by default somebody wins right (laughs) is this for you or is it for the parents i'm not really this is interesting wow i gotta get to kansas everybody book your 2022 vacation now everybody 2022 we're going to kansas the hottest vacation destination in america manhattan kansas the Little Apple. Oh, the Little Apple. Okay, everybody, the, you can go to the Big Apple, but have you ever been to the Little Apple? But have you been to the Little Apple? 
That's right. That's like in London, they have Big Ben, and then if you like walk around the city enough, you'll stumble upon Little Ben, you know? And you're like, oh, there he is. There's the little guy. It's, it's all right, you know, maybe a four out of ten. It's the same. Honestly, though, it was a pretty good little town because Kansas State was there. So that's where uh, when I got married and I moved to Kansas, I went to Kansas State because I wasn't uh, Kansas State University, not Kansas University. Very different. Oh, not, no. Okay, Kansas State. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. KU is the one that's good at basketball. We're the okay. ones that are not good at basketball. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. <laughs> so they actually have a claim to fame, and we're just like, I don't know what we're good at. Manhattan is like based around that college. So they actually have a pretty good little nightclub scene there, and you know, they have everything you need, but really nothing you want. Oh, I see. I see the vibe. Yeah. A little, little college town. It has the necessities. It'll get you by, but it's not going to like do anything major for you. Right. Yes. Okay. I see. You'll be there for a few years, but you'll be like, I could go somewhere else. Thank God I was a college student there. You know, obviously I was an older college student, which was weird. So when I got out of the military and I moved to Kansas with my ex-husband and I went to school, that was a really rough transition for me. I went from like, you know, being an active duty soldier to like, like, I don't have to be somewhere really early in the morning. And I was accountable for myself for the first time in a long time, right? Because when you're in the military, everybody's accountable for you. If you don't have a ride to your appointment, they will give you a ride to your appointment. You're never more supported than when you're a couple things in life. One is being an active duty soldier. Two is probably like, I don't know, being really good at a sport. Right? Right. I saw that when I was tutoring for, you know, D1 Kansas athletes. It's like everything is given to them on a platter. Yeah. So it was a very different environment to have to be accountable for myself. And like I said before, I have this learning disability and I'm also trying to figure out like how to study, how to build a schedule. Like what does that mean as a 25 or 26 at the time? Trying to reintegrate with 18, 19 year old kids <laughs> and... You know, really, I was a kid myself, too, because, yeah. like, I, I was in this new world. Mm -hmm. But I was going through this terrible marriage. You know, the first year that I was in Kansas, it was awful. I don't think we verbalized, but we realized pretty quickly that this wasn't going to work. There's no way that this can function. Because every time we would go out, we would just fight, and we would fight all the time. And it's nothing against him personally, right? I just think that there are relationships in life that we have to acknowledge that aren't good for us. Right. And we also have to acknowledge when to end them, right? That's, that's hard for everybody because you put time and effort and you told everybody, no, this is the one for me. Like, right. I, I had to convince everybody, including myself, that getting married early was something that I wanted to do and no, it's for the right reasons and all these things. So I felt like I had all this stock in this relationship. And I think a lot of times that that's exactly what keeps us in bad relationships is we're too afraid to admit to everybody else that we failed. Right. Did you hear that, everyone? That's a good word. Will Smith always says, fail early, fail often, and fail forward. And I think something that I have learned over the years is failure is something that you really just need to embrace. Because the more you say out loud, this didn't work, the more you can move forward and grow from that. There is no bigger growth that I ever had. I went through my divorce in the middle of finals week and I still had to go to school. I still had to perform. I still had to ace all my exams because I had this dream, you know, like 
I finally figured out I want to be a physical therapist. This is what I want to do. This is the track that I'm on. I finally figured that out. And I will never forget, you know, we got my ex-husband and I got into this argument and I was sitting down and he looked me in the face and he said, look at you right now. You're nothing. You're nothing to me. And it's those words that fuel me every single day. If you don't look back and like reward yourself for somebody telling you that you couldn't do something and then pushing through and succeeding, who are we, right? And I remember I called my friend after we had gotten into that argument and I said, I am going to be somebody. And someday this person isn't going to look back on this moment. They're going to be sorry. They said that to me. And I went through with the divorce and I was as strong as I could understand to be because naturally you're like, I should work this out. Well, I mean, the decision to end things is a stronger decision than the indecision of not making the decision, you know? I finally put myself first, and I don't like to say that in the sense of like, I, I'm married again, right? And there are many times where we need to put our spouse first and put another person before us, and that is okay. But what's not okay is putting somebody before you when you are broken and they're feeding into that. And that's what's hard is like, this person knew my insecurities and they played off of them. We'll all have relationships like that. You know, we'll all have some relationship that we look back on and we're like, oh, that really wasn't like, that wasn't my best. It probably wasn't their best. And that's okay. But what do you do with that moving forward, right? Like, do you stay the same person and you just enter another relationship? Right, right. It's going to be different. Right, you think it's gonna go well the second time if you didn't learn anything? You have to take these moments and try to understand yourself. Ask yourself the hard questions. If I didn't like this, why didn't I like it? If he did this to me and it hurt my feelings, why did that hurt my feelings? Was it because of my own insecurities? Because a lot of times that's what it was, right? Yeah. I'm going back to this person that I was 20 years ago and grappling with the fact that like I need acceptance because I wasn't loved as a child or I felt like I wasn't loved as a child or you know those were my perceptions why do I feel these things and when you start to be introspective about how you're feeling and you reflect and you talk and you write things down write a journal down start doing some things that really start a process of understanding what you're feeling we go through this life and we go through these emotions and we don't understand them but we just keep going because that's what's easy you know our whole life we we try to take the take the road that is the easiest road the beaten road right but it was when i took those hard lefts when i wanted to take a right i didn't want to get a divorce right but i knew i knew i needed to and I knew that was the hardest decision I was going to make, but it was the best decision. Right. And it always was. And there's something to be said, too, about, like, that gut feeling. You're like, I know in my core, like, in myself, I need to do this. But then your mind is like, no, but, like, everybody else does it this way. And you're like, no, but I, for myself, I need to do it this way. And, like, it takes a lot of balls to just go do it the other way, you know? Because, like, who knows what's going to be on the other end of that. Absolutely. And I think the more you choose to be rogue, the easier choosing rogue (laughs) is. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I've gone rogue a couple times. You know the right decision, whether that's getting up early and exercising, whether that's eating right, whether that's not drinking if you're like addicted to drinking. If if it's staying in instead 
studying on a night that you should really stay in and study, but you're being pulled to go out with your friends, maybe your friends can do that and they'll be good. That does not mean that you're going to be good. Right. You know, that was something that I struggled with even coming into my first year of grad school. I lived by myself. I had friends, but again, we think about what we talked about earlier of the superficial friendships. Right. There was a lot of those in our class. Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. But it's hard to like just the concept of like, we all just got transplanted day one. No one knows anything about each other. So like by nature, like everything's gonna be superficial until you choose a couple people to like give certain details about your life to because no one knows you, you know? Yeah, so we've made it to grad school. Well, yeah, I mean, but before I made it to grad school, I had to apply, which we all know is literally <laughs> the freaking hardest thing you ever do in life. Right. Oh, yeah, no, Heather, we were in that interview together. Yes, that was a good time. I got to be a part of, like, this program for my school, and so they had already seen me on paper, right? I knew my best chances were with this school, and it was my reach school. So right. I just applied, you know, I took the GRE, and let me tell you, I got the first <laughs> time I took the GRE I was in the second the second percentile for math all of the people that took that exam the second percentile Kennedy why don't you go ahead and tell the crowd where they really wanted you to be um I actually honestly don't know but like a lot higher than the second no, I feel like it was at least 60 that's honestly like all a blur to be fair though I wasn't studying I wasn't applying myself I didn't have this like hungry mentality that I really should have needed but at the end of the day, I still got into school. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but the second time I took the test, I went early and I drank a beer before I went in. <laughs> and then I went into the test and I got 12th percentile. Hey, that's like a thousand percent exponential increase, Heather. That's like deserves some applause. <laughs> I was like, I'm sending it. Send like, it. I, I'm not taking this stupid <laughs> ever again. I'm sending those scores. If they don't take me, they don't take me. That's it right. Is what it is. But I also knew that that was like my only weakness. My reading and my like comprehension or whatever was good. You know, my write, my writing and reading and whatever was fine. Yeah. Even though I didn't learn how to read till I was in like the fourth grade. Oh, wow. You know when they would make you sit in the class and like read books? Yeah. I would just fake it. Like I would just pretend like I was reading and I just <laughs> hoped that it would go away. Reading doesn't go away. When you're a kid, you're like, maybe if I just don't do this at all now, you know, you, right, you right. have the same concept of like studying for exams. Like you're like, maybe that won't show up. That's me for the board exam. I haven't started studying. I'm like, maybe it's just like not real. Maybe it's just not gonna come. Like, I don't know. The one thing you think that's not gonna show up always shows up. It always, always shows up. One thing. <laughs> yeah. The one thing you don't wanna study, you need to study it because it comes up almost 100% of the time. It's that one box on that one page that you're like, this will never be there. Always go for that box. You're like, this looks like a dumb box and the dumb box is always on the test. So we go to grad school and my first semester, I'm like, I like literally almost failed out. And I had nobody to blame but myself. During the moment, I had everybody else to blame. But when I reflect back on those times, I wasn't disciplined. And discipline is the deciding factor between whether your dreams come true or not. Because motivation only gets you so far. And then discipline has to take you the rest of the way. I know for a fact that some people didn't study for our practice exam for the licensure and passed. I'm not one of those people. 
I know that about myself. I know that if I do not study, I will not pass. There's no question in my mind. So I do study. And recently I have really been looking myself in the face and I have been calling myself for all of my weaknesses. And that's okay. Why is that not okay? No, if you don't know your weaknesses, you can't make them your strengths, you know? Right. Why is it so faux pas for us to look at ourselves in the mirror and tell us we're being, like, tell yourself you're being a piece of shit? <laughs> yeah. Why can't I do that? I need to look myself in the face and say, like, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. The reason you didn't get an A on that test is because you chose to go out with everybody else and you thought you were able to do those things when really what I should have been doing is grinding, right? Like I should have been at home studying because I know myself, because I know that I have to study harder than everybody else. There are people in life that don't need to, and that's fine because in other areas of life, they struggle. Yeah. We all have something. Yeah. I feel like people focus like too much on school too. It's like, if you're not doing well at school, you're not doing well at life. And it's like, no, hang on. Life and school are very different things. Like you can pass a stupid exam and then you're like three payments late on your credit card. And like, you you know, you cannot pass life and pass school. You know, that's a thing you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. And to be fair, like I felt for so long that I was playing this friggin' victim card. Like, oh, poor me. Like, look what I've been through. Like, and to be real, like, lots of people have it way worse than I ever did. Lots of people have it way better. But none of that really matters at the end of the day. Because at some point, you have to make your own opportunities. Yeah. You know, and it's like, is it really going to matter a year from now if I look back and I think, oh, I didn't go to that one party or, oh, I didn't like do this or do that. But I'm where I need to be and where I want to be. I deal with that a lot right now because I'm on this journey not only to be more disciplined in my studies, but more disciplined in my exercise and more disciplined in my finances. And those are really big, big things to be disciplined in. So over the last year, I have had to trim the fat. I had to step up and say, no, I can't go on that trip. I had to step up and say, no, I can't buy that from Amazon. No, I can't do that. No, I can't do this. Since January, 11 months, $50,000 in consumer debt and we'll be debt free by next year. A lot of that and the reason why it's so friggin' hard is because you have to tell yourself now. I fall victim to the knickknacks. And the knickknacks really add up. They they? do, they do add up, Heather. Me talking about my knickknacks was boring, so I cut it out. Not I can't, but how can I? Yeah, because I think like your mind too is so powerful. Like what you tell yourself is like what's gonna come true. If you tell yourself you can't study, then you're not gonna be able to study. But if, if like, if you have like a learning disability and you say, man, studying is really hard for me. I'm gonna get better at studying. Then there you go, you know? And how do I do that? Yeah, exactly. And then make your game plan. Yeah, yeah. just start. Yeah. Like I started to pay attention to what I'm consuming. What am I allowing my brain to take in? How much time am I spending on social media? What types of social media accounts am I following? And I started to understand that you are what you eat, right? You are what you consume. If you consume crap, you're gonna be crap. Yeah. I stopped consuming that stuff. I started timing myself on social media. And again, like we say fail, right? Like I fail at these things all the time. Just because I want to work out every day doesn't mean every day I do it. But when I don't do it, I understand why I didn't. And so I can change it for the future. And I think just getting good habits and really getting a good discipline down. You know, like there would be days like my alarm clock goes off at four o'clock in the morning. I don't have to be to work till 1130 and Mm -hmm. I don't want to get up. 
who would want to get up? Right. Get up. The only way to actually fail, though, is to stop and not learn from it. Like, if you say, oh, like, I really messed up that day. Like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that to this person. Reflect and do better next time. And then it's not as much of a failure. Like, yeah, you messed up, but, like, you learned from it, you know? Yeah, and I think that some of my biggest moments in life have been my failures. And I have to look back at those moments and understand, okay, but why did I fail, right? Like, why did I fail? How can I avoid this next time? And I think failing the Pete last year really made me see that, like, you know, this is stuff that we've been taught. There are always those things, you know, you're like, I'm sorry, I've never seen this word before. Can we get a definition, please? And there's no definition. You're just like, ah. I feel like neuro will always be. Yeah. I'm honestly only studying neuro and cardiopalm. I'm just gonna, like, I've done two MSK rotations. I'm like, I'm fine. I've been doing a lot of MSK because I took the test and I analyzed what I was doing wrong. And like, okay, so I take the test, I review all the answers, I categorize them. I say, okay, here's how many I missed here. What type of test taking error is this? Is it because I just don't forget know the answer? Is it because I uh, I couldn't identify? Like, what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by identifying my weaknesses, then I can say, okay, I'm weak in MSK, like musculoskeletal, for those people who don't know. So, like, the bones and all the stuff, you know, you do, if you go to a physical therapist outpatient, right, like, all that stuff they're doing to figure out how to progress you and get you better. If you know you're weak in that section, but you specifically are really weak in evaluation, right? Right, right, yeah, you get, just get the specifics, yeah, get the specifics of what you need to learn. Or if you specifically miss a question on a rotator cuff, right, like, (laughs) I'm going to study that. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you're more efficient. How do yeah. you be more efficient with your time? Yeah. So I've been doing a program for my studying, and these are all the things that they're teaching me, right? And I'm very thankful that I got into a program early, and I'm very thankful that I'm sticking to a schedule, right? Because again, some people don't need that. And that's like, you're probably one of those people, Kennedy, that like doesn't really have to try and you do well on tests and that's phenomenal. But like, I'm not that. <laughs> no, I know. That's okay. That's okay. Dude, give the people the study good. strategies. Give the people the strategies. Cause I, I, it does honestly kind of come a little naturally to me. Like a multiple choice test yeah is honestly just too easy for me because I can see both of the throw out questions like without really understanding what's going on. And I'm like, okay, I just have these two. I mean, I've seen these terms more, so I'll pick that one and it's usually right. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's not the case for me. Um, right, that's o- and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a lot of test anxiety or you just have a lot of anxiety in your life and you have a lot of things riding on you. Like, oh, if I don't pass this, what does that mean for me? Right, like, right. My first semester, if I didn't pass another exam, I may fail out of school. So that anxiety added to the scenario that was already not good, right? Understanding how to how to negate some of that stuff. And part of that is having a schedule, create a schedule for yourself. I use a couple different apps that help me track my day-to-day. When I first got into PT school, I did not understand scheduling. I didn't need to schedule an undergrad and I still did well for myself. Like, of course I knew what was happening, but in PT school, you need to know what's happening two weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. And if you have strong, like, scheduling habits and you're like, okay, I can sit down and I can look at things and I know when things are due and I write everything down and everything's great, you're going to do well. 
because right. you know what's coming. A big part of school, the main part is probably just scheduling your time, you know? Like, I'm going to study yeah. at this time because this test is this day and I'll need a week to prepare for it. And, like, here's what I'm going to do. Like, that's, that's the main feat. And then you just have to go through with the plan and then you'll do well, you know? Yep. And I don't think I had a strong basis of that. And then by the time you realize it's too late, <laughs> I'm really up this river without a paddle right now. And it's like, it's too late, really, honestly. Like when you're two weeks into PT school or med school or whatever it is, I can't speak to any other profession. But when I was two weeks in and I was two weeks behind, I was in trouble. Dude, they start you off running though. Like we get day one and they're like, okay, so your first quiz is like, it was actually yesterday. You missed it. Th welcome to day one. We're like, oh, oh, okay. Hey, can we talk about the fact that like literally a quiz was, let me tell you people, <laughs> a quiz in med school is like the equivalent of an undergraduate exam, right? Like the amount that I would study for a quiz was like what I would study for an entire like final. Dude, you're undergrad. you're not wrong. Those quizzes well, every now and then I would be calling it a quiz. It's not a quiz. <laughs> It's time for your bi-weekly exam, like, and bi-weekly in the sense of it's twice a week, not every other week. It really felt like an injustice, to be honest. It there was. was a, there was one stretch where we had, like, exams for, like, eight weeks straight. Yeah, it was, it's that two. first fall. It's the first fall. You get, you get there, you plan out your calendar, and you're like, wow, I have at least one, if not two, exams every week from September until Christmas. Like, why? It's the holidays. Can't you do me a solid? I was curious if there was like students rights activists out there i was really certain okay yeah so we both survived the first semester yeah after the first semester i mean it, it gets easier i guess it's just different it's a different kind of hard i guess yeah i think you just get numb to the pain yeah you get it in smaller bits so it was easier to get ahead or at least maintain and I pretty much coasted through the rest of it. And I think one important factor to think about is my school let me in because I had a well-rounded background. It wasn't because I was like good on my GRE, right? Which the GRE is a predictor of how well you're gonna do in grad school. And because mine wasn't great, I obviously struggled, right? And I think that's a good indicator, but people are trying to increase the diversity of their schools with people who have diverse backgrounds, who come from socioeconomically challenged neighborhoods, or minority groups, veterans, you know, all of these things. But then when we get to grad school, we're not supported the way that we should be. Because the reality is, is you're allowing people to come in with lower test scores. And when they get here, you practically know they're gonna struggle, right? Because that's what the test is saying. And then there's no mechanism in place. So I really had to overcome that. But once I overcame that and I spoke my mind about that stuff, I don't know if you remember Kennedy, but half of the time in class, I would raise my hand and be like, I really don't understand what's happening. <laughs> No, I, I remember, but also, like, I was sitting there, like, thinking the same thing. I just, like, wasn't really saying anything. Literally, when they were lecturing and I didn't know what was going on, I just, like, circle it and, like, I can look it up later. Like, I just, like, just highlight it and I move on. But you just ask the questions. You're like, sorry, what's going on? And I'm already yeah. thinking, like, I gotta come back to that because I don't get what's going on here. Yeah, and you gotta ask your questions, right? Because you just gotta shoot your shot. I can't count how many people came up to me after and would say, thank you for asking. <laughs> like, we're all so confused. Because there's just naturally passive people in the world, and that's fine. And I'm not one of those people, which is also good because I can be a voice for somebody who 
is afraid to ask those questions in class. I remember standing up and saying like, we have all this stuff you're asking. You're letting all of these people in knowing that they're not gonna do well essentially. And there's nobody here to help us when we get here. How is that right? Like I said that in forums and stuff and they were like, ooh, yeah, you know, that's an interesting thought you got there. I was like, you know, like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But eventually like I was able to advocate to have somebody brought on to help people. I used him and it didn't really help me, but you know, maybe it helps somebody. You got something to happen, basically. is that you're having you brought on somebody who's really good at test taking to teach somebody who's not good at test taking how to take tests and it just fundamentally doesn't work no see that's hard too like i remember my high school math teacher he was just so good at math and we're all like high school kids and we're like i don't understand like pre-calculus i don't know what calculus is and he's just so good at calculus that he's like He can't get down to your level of like your basic, like I've never heard of what like a cosine is. Can you explain that to me? And he's like, oh my God, like his mind's like up here and yours is down here. You're like, can you just come down to my level? Yes. Yeah. And like the guy they brought on, right? He had a lot of good theories, a lot of good research on how you should be doing these things, but it wasn't practical because at the end of the day, we are human beings and there's much more to us than, oh, you need to just structure your study session like this. Like your algorithm isn't accounting for the human aspect of this. I need to learn how to study from somebody who understands the failure that I'm going through, that can understand what environments am I in. Once I started to like cut people out that were giving me a lot of drama. Pause. If anyone has ever given you unnecessary drama that you didn't need, made you feel like you are less than or not enough, cut them off. I mean it. Like I you're gone man like I don't have time for that I'm an adult here and I just don't deal with it I don't deal with people that don't bring anything to the table because at the end of the day like again you are what you consume and that can that consists of friendships you know and once you understand that about yourself it's very empowering yeah like if I'm hanging out with people who don't need to study I'm not gonna study that's a fact because they're not gonna study so why would you be studying? What, what do I think? There's going to be some sort of like magic wand that like flushes their knowledge. Off <laughs> like what? Obviously, if that was true, I'd already done that. The reality is, is some people just have to work 10 times harder. It still falls on you. I still right. be like, oh, well, you know, Kennedy, can you take my test for me? <laughs> no, like, you, it's still the onus is on you to learn the material. Mm-hmm. Well, because this is like our, our lives at stake. Because of the freaking pandemic, you know? Like, I felt like school was much easier once we were online all the time. We just have different ways because I struggled more because the way I pick things up is like seeing mm-hmm. it in person. And I'm kind of like auditory too. Like if I hear like the instructor's voice, like say it, it kind of like clicks, you know, and I get it more in person. And so then, like, you don't have to study at home as much. Whereas, like, on Zoom for all our foundational content (laughs) was a little challenging because I'm like, I didn't have the professors. We were just on Zoom. I see, like, somebody in their little box, like, right here that's like, yeah, this is this. So, like, you should really do this test. And I'm like, okay, I'm really not learning much here. I didn't retain a lot of anything that we did. Like, that was really hard for me. And... In fact, when I came to this outpatient rotation, um, I was really scared because I was like, I don't remember any special tests. I don't remember any of this because I barely learned it the first round. 
I learned enough to pass and I kept going. And now I'm like, okay, now is my time to sit down and start understanding why I'm doing these things. And if it's even applicable, right? And how is that gonna be different? Like, just because it's not applicable in a clinical setting doesn't mean that it's not gonna show up on the exam, right? Yeah. Understanding like the difference between all of those is so key. But I think at the end of the day, like people need to understand that like, just because you're not good in school doesn't mean you're not gonna be a good clinician. Yes. Because there are people that can take tests very well who have limited interaction skills with patients. And I am not one of those people. Exactly. I could probably fail 10 exams in a row, but when you put me in a room with a patient, I have the natural abilities to be a clinician. It's just how to, now it's my job to fill in the blanks, like fill in the, in the spots. Like you still have to know stuff, right? <laughs> Half the job though is making that alliance with the patient, you know, like it's people skills too, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I think that was one thing that really helped me get through and it helped me understand that like, just because I'm not good at some things doesn't mean I'm bad at all things. And I think to the people out there and to kind of close up, it's just like, you just really have to always, always shoot your shot. Lesson of the week, always shoot your shot. That's directed at you, Alex Cooper and Miley Cyrus. Always do the work, be disciplined. Again, motivation isn't enough. You can watch a video on YouTube and be motivated, but that doesn't mean you're gonna get up and go to the gym the next day, right? You have to build a schedule and you have to do the things that you don't wanna do. The more you do it, the easier it is. The more you confront yourself about how you're feeling, the next time this situation comes up and you're talking with somebody, you're arguing with somebody, maybe you won't be as reactive. Maybe you'll be able to form those bonds. It was hard for me to get remarried and start to understand like, okay, I can't do this the same as it was before. Being really transparent with yourself and understanding that we should be constantly evolving. We should be constantly learning. And the way that we're doing that is by providing ourselves with really really good environments to do those things cut out the people that are giving you a hard time cut them off cut it out because at the end of the day you're taking in that and that's become you're internalizing some of that and that's preventing you from getting to your goals so if you're having a hard time getting from point a to point b you need to sit down look yourself in a mirror and ask yourself why is it is it because the people that i'm hanging out with are not great people or is it because I'm allowing myself to be lazy because it's easier because sleeping in is easier because going for a run at four o'clock in the morning when it's raining isn't fun but that's the discipline that you need to keep going you gotta do it that's the word nobody else wants to do it and that's the part of the somebody's gotta do it you want to be in the crowd with the doers yeah absolutely because otherwise you're gonna be left behind Yeah, you don't want to be left behind. That was a lot to take in. I'm saving the next Where Are They Now segment for next week because it is 8.57 p.m. I told myself I would finish this by 9 p.m. on Monday in order to slide in by midnight Eastern. And with that, we'll see you next Monday.